Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace Ant, and Malik. Let's start the show. Yeah, what up? I'm going to do the same thing like Aaron just did. Put my hand over my, the microphone for no reason. What's going on, y'all? Thank you, Anthony, for that. You're welcome. All here. So mature. So mature. The oldest of all of us. I appreciate that. Yeah. Love it. A golden 20. The golden 20. Yeah, that's what they call it now. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, so we, it's like, is that a Buffalo Bills jersey behind your back? 13 seconds, baby. Wait, 13 wait, seconds. A... <laughs> wow. 13 so seconds. Is it, though? Is it? You had 13 cool. seconds. Listen, I don't think I talked about this on the recap enough, but um, the people, I think I made fun of the people who were talking about we need to change the overtime rules. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Isn't defense part of the game? Isn't that why they pay those guys millions of dollars too? Weren't they? Weren't they the number one? I got a good. Actually, got a good way to actually um fix this overtime thing. You know, you leave it up to the special teams. You know, what you do is that when it's when it's overtime, you know, do the heads tails whatever whoever wins. You know, like say you your team got heads, we kick it off to you. You got your you got your guy. He runs it into a certain spot. Where he, sp- where he stops at, like say if he stops at the 30, all right, we, then we, we we don't get the offense on, we get the other special teams on. We kick it again to the other special teams. Let's see how far he goes. Or he goes, he goes, he goes to the 25. All right, cool. Y'all guys get the ball. But if the guy, if he went to like say, you know, a little bit further back, like the 35 or whatever, now nah, we don't uh-huh. give it to the other guy who got the 30. Let the, Malik, let run from there. Then we then we do then we do the sudden death right there. Malik, can you respond to that? Because um I don't want to waste they, they just throwing a lot of bullshit out there. So I'm gonna it's... throw my bullshit out there. I mean, look, why not just, if, if you really want to do overtime in the way you just do overtime in the way you do everything else, basically just start another quarter and everything just play. You start another quarter, mm-hmm. you run it for, you know, a set amount of time. You put mm-hmm. eight more minutes back on the clock and you just play it out. And however it ends, it ends. We don't need to do a kickoff. We don't need to do a coin flip anymore. We don't need to reset the clock, right? Just, all right, we're going to put eight minutes in, just like in the NBA. I know the NBA does a tip off again at, at, at you know the end of the fourth quarter, but you can take that piece out. You can you know just say all right, just like you know basically treat it the same way you would going from the third quarter to the fourth quarter. So third quarter ends. What? What happens if it ties again? And it's Wait, a if, it's a, if it's a playoff, well, if it's a playoff game, then you have to, you have to play it out until somebody wins. You see what I'm saying? Like you have to you have to play it out until somebody wins. But the reality of the situation is it's not going. I mean, the the way that the way that this whole thing works, where you know, you just do a coin flip and then if somebody scores a touchdown, the game is over. Like to, to be honest, like as a football fan, not being not getting the chance to see Josh Allen come out and do what he was doing because he was shredding the entire Kansas City defense apart every single time he was out there. And Gabriel Davis was having the game of his life. Who knows? He would have five touchdowns. Could have had six touchdowns. You never know. You know what? What could have what could have you know come from that? But the the rules just govern that in. So I don't particularly care. That's what I'm saying. I don't particularly care if it's 
if it ends, it's not going to end in a tie because you're going to keep playing until somebody fucking wins. Like that's that's just the play. The play is simple. You treat it the same way you go. You treat the third quarter going into the fourth quarter, right? The clock stops. Put eight minutes back on the clock, or put ten minutes back on the clock, and let's keep playing. And that's it. Well, if they do that, they're going to have to increase the um the rosters at least, you know, because you can't keep having these teams go back and forth because it's going to burn them out. Why not? Major, they grown ass like men. Let them do it, man. It's a, it's the playoffs. They grown ass men. Let them play. Of the game be a, I don't care. Nobody cares. They add more players on the, on the team. They add more players on the roster. It's stupid. You, you know, if you, if you add like, more, if you add more players on the roster, then it degrades the level of football, which defeats the purpose of giving each quarterback a possession. How about your defense play better? You're the number one no, defense I, in the I, league. You can't I, stop them from scoring a touchdown. If they'd have held them to a field goal, they got the ball back, right? And they I get a chance that. to score a TD and end it. You didn't. You lost. Reality, I get that, but the reality of the situation is not It's not really just about – because I, I get people complaining, people talking about, well, just play defense and then you'll be fine. Well, in the same vein, mm-hmm. you know, and, but again, in the same vein, Kansas City doesn't have to play defense. That's the whole reality. The Kansas City doesn't have to play defense, regardless of how shit they played the last they played that last quarter. So you <laughs> play better defense, but Kansas City gets to rest on the side. So no, it's the only reason that you, that Buffalo has to play defense is because they won the is because Kansas City won the coin toss. No, if Buffalo you know wins why? the coin toss. You know why Kansas Buffalo? City just no, but what I'm saying is, is Buffalo 13, wins the coin 13 toss. seconds. That's why. No, no, no. That's 13 Ace, seconds. But Ace, regardless of the fact, if Buffalo wins the coin toss and Buffalo goes down the field and wins the game. And Kansas City fans are complaining about it. What's our what's our conversation with Kansas City fans? Well, just play defense. The, 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 the I, I would agree. The same no matter what. I would agree. So, so the reality situation is, regardless, the, the main the main thing is, whoever wins the coin toss, they get the ball, and you got to play defense in order to get in order to get a stop to get the ball back. I get that. I'm not saying that that's um, that's that's just the way that the rules are running, and that, that's the reason that's what you want to say. You can say that. That's perfectly fine. But if you really want to make it fair. Just play the shit out. End of the third quarter. If you had the ball, it's third and six on your 35-yard line. And at the end of the fourth quarter, boom. Put 10 minutes back on the clock. Let's keep going. That's it. And when it's all over, it's all over. You know? And that's why, to me, it's just, you know, the whole – you just negate and get rid of the whole, the whole thing. Because I would have like, so loved 10 more minutes of, uh, of game action um, mm-hmm. in that fourth quarter. You know? I mean, game action in, in an overtime session. And it would have ended. It would have definitely ended. Eventually, somebody's going to get tired or somebody's going to die on the field. And that's going to end. This is going to end. Like, that's basically just going to happen. You know, it's going to end at some point. Well, if I ever get an opportunity to ask a former NFL player, I would do that. Um, I know a few uh, peripherally or ants. I guess I know them through a friend of a friend. So I will, I'll, I'll, I'll send them a tweet or an email and see what they say, see how they feel about it. Uh, about this uh, another BS overtime thing. Instead of having the teams play, whatever, have, mm. have it decided on the kickers. You know, you know, you, you have the kickers kicking from fifty yards. If they make it in, you know, you you win. You know, the you know one kicker makes it in, he makes it Love in. Love this. Wow. They start. They start from the twenty. They start from the twenty yard line, and then they go back <laughs> ten yards each time until whoever misses first, right? Yeah, just keep on going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With the kickers, because that is you know what I like. We let them play, the, play the extra period. We let them play the extra period. Then, if they're still tied after the end of overtime, then they go to the kicker kick shootout, just like in soccer. 
They're yelling in the background means it's, it's time to move on with this topic because you world, know this topic's world, old. World Cups, <laughs> world Cups have gotten decided that way. Shout out to the 94 uh, Brazil team. They beat Italy hey, that way. Exactly. That, that's how it should work. And Make everybody important. complains about it. Tickets would be more was, important then. That was the first World Cup I watched, and that's why I kept watching the World Cup. I mean, the reality is the team that, the team that loses is always going to complain. The fans of the team that loses is always going to complain about either the format, the, the referee calls, or something. Something was wrong that and led them to led them win, that led them to losing. And the fact of the matter is, that you had 13 seconds. If you just defended anything for 13 seconds, you would have been perfectly fine. Which um, is why I have Buckley that. Wasn't kicking no. a 60 yard field goal. He kicked a 48 yard because you let him get 50 yards. <laughs> like like that's, just, that's basically what happened. So, yeah. you know, at end of the day, you know, sorry to say, Bills are home, and uh, you know they get to watch the rest of the, the rest of the playoffs like the rest of us. But you know what I like to know? I like to know mm-hmm. if, what would happen if you gave those actual 13 second jerseys out to a Bills fans out there. Would they actually do? Would they wear it in pride? Or they put it like this. Or they'd be pissed off at you for a couple of weeks. You buy this jersey and you wear that to uh, what is it? Ralph Wilson Stadium. What is it called now? New Era Field or Hat Stadium, as I like to call it. Um, <laughs> they will. You will. You will not make it out of that parking lot. They might okay. put you through one of the tables that they have. They'll put there. you through several tables. It'll be like a Cactus Jack uh, match. You're going to leave there bloody. It ain't going to go down would, the way you think it will. I would wear that jersey to the draft. <laughs> <laughs> that would be beautiful because I think the draft is in like Nashville or something. No, it's, it's, no, in, it's, Vegas. In, it's in Vegas. It's in Vegas this year. Of course it is because everything's going down in Vegas. Spon- yeah, brought to you by DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they ain't paying us. So I don't know who they're paying, but it ain't us. Um, It'll be us next year, maybe. Hopefully, we got to get some more listenership. Right now, we got the Bengals at the Chiefs. Both of these games are on Sunday. I wish they were on separate days so they could each be in prime time, which would be dope. But it is what it is. Because I'm on the East Coast here, and I'm getting hit by the snowstorm, so I'm not going anywhere probably till Sunday after I dig my way out of like 54 inches of snow now. Um, the Bengals going to the Chiefs. The Bengals won a road game, and somehow people actually think that it's possible that they can win this, let alone cover this game. Um, the Chiefs are favored by seven, seven and a half at some books, and the over-under is 54 and a half. I think betting the over is kind of wise, considering Joe Burrow got sacked nine times, but um, they did only manage to win by scoring 16 points. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think it's kind of obvious. Um, I think that Melvin Ingram is going to get like three and a half sacks in this game because the Bengals' O-line is trash. But as a group of receivers, I think the Bengals actually have better wide receivers than the Chiefs do. But I don't think that matters because Joe Burrow is not going to win this game. I, I like him. I like him a lot. Cincinnati Bengals fans, be happy that your team's in the AFC title game, but I don't think it's going to work out for y'all. And you go next. Yeah, I keep betting against Joe Burrow. He keeps going. He keeps on winning, but this time it's time to go. I'm going with the Grim Reaper in here. Give me the Grim Reaper and the Chiefs. Give me them in the over. Let's go. The Grim Reaper is in Patrick Mahomes. Yes. When, when, you know, when things get grim, be the Grim Reaper. He's the Grim Reaper now. That's a new nickname for me. All right. Believe. Better than David Denome. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Malik. You're just conflating your conflating your uh, your nicknames for people. David the Gnome and the Grim Reaper. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, when these two teams played, I, it feels like a while ago, but it really was less when these two teams played against each other in week 17. Um, and Kansas City was surprised. People were surprised to see Kansas City get beat 
um, as soundly as they had as they as they got beat. But I think I said it on this show um, during you know, right after that week that that was probably the best thing that happened to them um, because you know they they needed they needed a, a dose of reality, a dose of you know shot of their own medicine to show that you know if you don't come out there and play your best game every single you know for sixty minutes, you will get beaten. The reality of the situation is I think Cincinnati is is the KC is KC in two years. Um, I think the Cincinnati team may very well be the Kansas City Chiefs and be running through divisions. I mean, they, they Ben Roethlisberger has already gone out of Pittsburgh, so you know the AFC North is going to get is going to get shaken up. Cincinnati just won that division; they're probably going to win that division again and own that division for the next couple of years, especially if Baker Mayfield doesn't wind up, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, making make, getting out to anything. So right now, Cincinnati is the to me to me Cincinnati's on the come up. Um, Kansas City is not going to. I don't think Kansas City is going to run away with this game. Um, Buffalo came in there and did their thing and, you know, scored basically at will. Um, Tyron Matthew looks like he's coming back from the concussion protocol, so he's going to play. Um, but, you know, don't expect, wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily expect him to make a huge impact on this game. I think he Cincinnati's will. going to score points. I think Cincinnati's going to score points. I think Cincinnati's going to be able to stay, stay at least close enough to play with them and show that they're ready for – um, the opportunity to to play with the big boys in the AFC in the years to come. So I'm going to take Cincinnati to cover to cover the seven and a half. I like the points here, um, and I like I like this game getting to the over. Kansas City's not you know their defense is good, but their defense is not um, you know. But Cincinnati's offense is actually really good, and they have a lot. And, and they're health they're healthy. They're getting healthy at a good at a good time. And they've got just as many just as many horses in this race as as uh, as, as the Chiefs do. I think the score gets up gets up in the thirties again, just like uh, the Buffalo game did last week. And Cincinnati holds their own, so I'm going to take Cincinnati in the over. Really, you think Cincinnati's going to cover with the plus seven, plus seven and a half? I think they can absolutely cover the seven and a half. I think I think this game, to me, I can definitely see this game getting won by Kansas City by six points. Um, some, some, something along the lines of like 38, 38, 31, you know, 38, 33, something like that. I think it'll okay. be back and forth the same way KC and Buffalo were. I do want to point out uh, in terms of stats, uh, Cincinnati has less interceptions than Kansas City on the season, 13 to 15. Cincinnati has 10 more sacks on the total season than Kansas City does. 11, they're 11th in the league. Cincinnati is 28th. Cincinnati has 31 sacks on the season. Cincinnati has 41. Um, but the one key differentiator for me here is the fact that third down efficiency in terms of converting third downs, Kansas City is number one in the league. Cincinnati is 16, meaning they're literally the middle road team. They convert 39.6%. And Kansas City converts 52.2, which means almost every drive they have is going to end in points. And that will be the difference. And that Joe Burrow is going to be picking himself up off the ground a lot. He's going to be getting hurried. He's going to be getting chased. Uh, Chris Jones, Melvin Ingram, Frank Clark, they're going to be on him. And having Tyron Mathieu back is really going to help the guys in the secondary because having to play that game for three quarters without him, that was they were missing their coach on the field right there. And there were times where they didn't get lined up properly, which is why Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis? Yeah, it was so wide open. I don't even remember the dude's name, and I feel bad because he had a monster game. The only game that I ever remember in the playoffs being better than that was, um, I think, Randy Moss in the divisional round. When was it 98 with uh, the Vikings? And he was just, he lit up a team for like three TDs and like 190 something yards. Yeah. It was amazing. 
Look, All right. Cincinnati played probably the most physical team in the AFC last week mm-hmm. in in um, in Tennessee and came out with a victory um, mm-hmm. in a close game that they were able to stay to stay up with. Look, 1916, they won. Sorry. The, the Kansas City, we know Kansas City can score. Um, and you know they can they can get up and down the field. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is going to be a problem. Tyreek Hill is probably going to be an issue for them. You know they they're going to they're going to score points. And Cincinnati knows they're going to have to score points to stay with them. I think Joe Mixon can have a really good game here, um, and they and they're going to have to lean on Mixon in order to be uh, in order to to keep Burrow upright. But give Burrow some time, and he can pick you apart. And that's all he do. all he needs is a little bit of time to pick you apart. And I don't think he gets sacked nine times this week. If this comes down to coaching. Um, that's really where the Bengals are going to have a problem because the fact that their coach didn't adjust to make it better for Burrow in the second half lets me know, like, he doesn't – maybe he doesn't have that game plan. Maybe he's just going to keep going with the same game plan he has. But you're right, Joe Mixon is the is the only advantage I see for Cincinnati over the Chiefs that they have right now. We got one more game, and we got the NFC Championship, so I'm saving the best for last. We got the 49ers against the L.A. Rams. And – Go first. Who you got? I'm still thinking about it because it's just going back and forth on this one. It's kind of hard to choose. I know everybody's just going to take this, this sexy pick and just go with the Rams and call it a day. Oh, and the like, over-under is yeah. 45 and a half. Sorry. No, no, nobody really gives a damn. They're just going to pick the Rams and call it a day. <laughs> and, you know, because San Francisco really has no um, quarterback. It's kind of hard to choose. And uh, I was still a little bit hung up on the last game. I forgot I needed to add in for the last game. Andy Reid basically went to both the um, AFC and NFC conference champions. He's basically control runs this shit. So, you know, that's another reason why I'm going with them. But anyway, back to this game. Like I, I'm just going to pick the Rams and just call it a day because why I'm going to pick the 49ers for it. They got, um, who's that guy? Jimmy Garoppolo, who might not even be on the team after this game. Yeah. Well, we don't know, but no, no, he's gonna I be, will he's, say he's not he going to be there. Somehow he has 4,000 yards passing on the season and he missed the game, which is really impressive. But he also has 14 TDs. I'm sorry, 14 interceptions to 20 TDs. Yet they really focus on Matt Stafford's interception problem, which is really kind of saying we expect more out of Stafford because we know he's better than you, which is kind of insulting to Garoppolo because Matthew Stafford tied for the league lead with 17 interceptions. But the difference is he had 5,400 passing yards and 45 touchdowns. And you can say he has a better wide receiver in Cooper Cup, but um, they're not in this game or any game without DJ Samuel. And also, they have a better tight end than the Rams do because they still have George Kittle. So basically, everyone around Garoppolo is playing better at their position than Garoppolo. So if that keeps up, basically, Matt Stafford just has to outplay Jimmy G. So there's no reason why the Rams shouldn't win. I'm just going to add this thing just to hurry this up. because And I'm going to take the under as well. I'm, I'm just going to hurry this up because I just want to hear Malik's take on this because I know he's waiting to blow up on this. But um, I'm just going to take Stafford, take the take the Rams. I'm actually going to take the um, – yeah, I'm going to take the over in this one just because I think the Rams are just going to beat the snot out of them. It comes down to both Matthew Stafford versus Jimmy G. I'm taking Matthew Stafford any day. And I also took Matthew Stafford to be my MVP of the year. He should have been the MVP of the year, but he kind of fell off a little bit in between. But he's coming for that goal. He's coming for that chip. Uh, take it away, Malik, because, you know, yeah. whatever. Because 49ers, 49ers have no quarterback. The Rams have 10 more sacks on the season than the Niners. 
Yeah. Goblin might be the um, Giants quarterback next year. Anyway, go ahead, Malik. I'm not willing to go as far. I mean, I know I know I jumped out on jumped out on I think Monday when we did the recap and I jumped out and, and, and talked a whole bunch of trash about San Francisco losing and, and jumped Jimmy out. Robert you led the charge. Like yeah. Um I'm look, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give San Francisco their respect as a as a team. Um we watched this team go into LA um what, two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago now needing a win in order to secure the spot in the playoffs, in the NFC playoffs, um, knowing that the Saints were winning their game or had won their game. And if they had lost that game against uh, the, the Rams, they were, you know, they were, they were not going to be able to make the playoffs. Um, they were down 17 points uh, early in the second quarter of that game. They came all the way back and they got the victory that they needed to get. Um, and so, you know, the one thing that you know about this, 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 this 49ers team is they're resilient, they play tough, they play hard, and they know exactly what they need to do to win, and they don't make the mistake. They don't make the big mistake. They don't, you know, put themselves in bad situations where they where the big mistake is uh, is, 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 is going to really hurt them. That said, I think in the same situation, I think the Rams had the best the best thing happen to them in, this, in that situation, in that Week 18 game against San Francisco, which was losing a game where you had a big lead and you let up a little bit and you didn't, you know, and you didn't, you know, put the team away uh, when you got that, when you had the opportunity to, they didn't do that. San Francisco got in and guess what? San Francisco has wrecked shop since they got into the playoffs. The reality situation is the Rams were faced with that exact same situation last week against Tampa Bay. they got up into a good lead, took, took the team, took the team into the second half with a, with a, with a huge lead commanding all the way. And they let up a little bit, and Tampa Bay and Tom almost took the like, almost took their asses out, um, but they were able to you know overcome that, make the big play at the end. Stafford hitting Cooper Cup a couple times at the end of that last drive, and then they got the Matt Gay field goal to finish it off. So, you know, I think this is a uh, this is a more well seasoned Rams team that's going through a lot of the, uh, the adversities, um, the people doubting them, people figuring whether or not they were actually worthy of being here, and for them, this is a home game. And an opportunity for them to have a home game to host the NFC Championship, and then potentially a home game to host the Super Bowl. This is another huge, uh, huge opportunity for them to, to to hold fort, you know, with their fans there. The other thing is, just want to make sure that everybody realizes that because these two teams are from the are from the same, relatively the same area. I don't know if this is going to be a huge. I don't know if this is going to be a huge uh, crowd favorite. You know, it's going to likely to be a lot of San Francisco fans out there um, that are that are going to be making it to this game. I heard something recently about uh, Rams, um, the Rams trying to prevent uh, San Francisco 49ers fans from getting tickets, like holding tickets for L- for LA Rams fans, which has happened before in other in other venues before. So maybe it'll happen again, and they'll they'll you know outweigh the San Francisco crowd. Um, but I expect that to be that to, to play a part in some in some respects too. Look on the field as far as the game is concerned, you know what San Francisco is going to do. They're going to run the football. They're going to play. All those guys in the box, and they're going to try to, you know, basically, you know, beat you, beat you down. If they can't run that football, and if if LA is able to make some plays and stop them from, you know, just basically grounding it out and and you know, averaging five, six yards a carry, then they're going to put the they put their ball in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo and watch him make a mistake, watch him watch him crumble, and watch Aaron watch Aaron Donald, you know, and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd pin their ears back and tee off on them. That's what you need to happen. 
He's still not 100% healthy. You need him to, you need them to, 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 to take it to him. And on the other side, you give Matt Stafford some easy opportunities with those great receivers that he has on the squad. And his tight end isn't bad. Tyler Higby is a good tight end. He's just not, he's just not George Kittle. Um, yeah. But there's no reason that, there's no reason that the Rams shouldn't win this game and win this game pretty handily. It's a three and a half point spread. I'm going to take the Rams to win this game by six. All right, so a couple things. They have a better return guy on San Francisco, so hopefully this doesn't come down to special teams again. But the game that they – the last game they played at the end of the season, Aaron Donald, that was probably his worst game. Von Miller did play, but Jimmy Garoppolo threw two picks. The big difference was really that trick play that they ran with DJ Samuel, where he actually threw a touchdown pass. So I would say that they have a better head coach in terms of kind of plays that he can draw up, Kyle Shanahan, really is off, like offensively, I think he can draw up a better game. But they have Matt Stafford, and he's playing mistake-free football. And if he was able to do it to Tom Brady, he should be damn sure be able to beat San Francisco's defense because he had to go to Tampa, and he could be able to beat San Francisco at home. Um, I don't know how healthy um, Bosa is going to be. Now, he's going to play. But remember, he left last week's game, as did Fred Warner, as did other players. It was that other linebacker? I can't remember Greenlaw. Greenlaw's playing hurt. He's playing with a shoulder injury. So being as these teams know each other very, very well, I don't expect this game to be pretty high scoring. So I'm going to go with the under here. The over-under is 45 and a half. I can see this game being like 17-10, another really low-scoring game, but I expect it to be exciting because it's going to come down to the last few possessions. Um, I'm taking the Rams as well, but I'm taking the under. And they're going to have to do something to stop basically everybody who they can, whether it's a Yuck, Samuel, or whoever. But um, unless you have anything else you want to say, we're going to get into these shout-outs. Yeah, the only thing I'll, only thing I'll add is uh, obviously you know, the Sharps over in Vegas are leaning, are leaning heavy on the 49ers here, and I think that's why the number is so low. Um, they're leaning on the, the experience that you just mentioned, Ace. Kyle Shanahan is 7-3 and three, a lifetime against Sean McVay, and he's 6-0 in their last six games. So this, you know, obviously there's a – you know, there's a familiarity there, but Kyle Shannon has gotten the best of them a few times, you know, a few times too many uh, for, 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 my, for, for, for Sean McVay's liking. McVay's going to want to get this game. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's like when you play that, you know, when you're playing against that one person who beats you all the time. You might be really, really good, but then there's that one guy that always drops 20 on you on the basketball court or that one guy that, can, that you can't be in Madden or that one guy that you can't beat somewhere. Well, that for Sean McVay seems to be that's Kyle Shanahan. We'll see how it plays out, but this is just this is gonna be a really, really fun game to watch. All right. And with that said, you're heading into our shout-outs. Um, and yeah. what you got for your shout-outs? Shout out to Pazingas for quite doing his cool cool signing to this fan. That he basically um signed a jersey for him that, that he missed out on $76,000 when KP missed a wide open layup. Is actually trading on BR betting. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but shout out to that. Um, yeah, that's my only shout outs this week. And shout outs, you know, to um, quite the, um, the GMs that got hired. Hopefully they do their thing. And shout outs again to the Buffalo Bills for nice and nice and losing. Shout outs to them. There's a cool <laughs> meme out that I'm going to be posting in our group that basically took the Dallas Cowboy guy. They basically say that he was cheating on his girlfriend and they put him in the Bills uniform on that one. Shout outs to that. That was hilarious. That 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 was a pretty funny story where he got caught out there with his side chick, but apparently him and his girl are already broken up, 
And she just took that opportunity to throw a little bit of salt on the wound. And they were like, whatever. They got her back. <laughs> that was kind of hilarious. Out of 100,000 people, you were sitting that close. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go ahead with my shout-outs. Shout-out to Ben Simmons for showing that Joel Embiid really is the best player in the 76ers because they just beat the Lakers with Anthony Davis and no LeBron. So I guess they don't need you to win uh, games during the regular season, and they definitely don't need you to help them win games in the playoffs, as shown by last year. So, yeah, enjoy playing in Sacramento or wherever they're going to trade you over the offseason because they're not going to trade you at the deadline. And I kind of like the fact that Daryl Moore is willing to stick to his guns because Ben Simmons will be a 76er at the end of this season. After this season, who knows? But um, I find that kind of astounding. And shout out to Auburn for finally getting good at basketball again since Charles Barkley left. Um, it's pretty impressive that you guys are number one in the country for the first time. The SEC is actually starting to care about basketball outside of Kentucky and uh, Florida. So, you know, that's kind of cool. Y'all are actually trying to play ball with everybody else. And um, Malik, go ahead. Um, shout out to Sean Payton. Great 15-year run as the Saints head coach. He stepped down a couple of days ago. Um, sounds like he's going to step away from coaching for a little bit and, uh, you know, maybe enjoy some time with his family before trying to step back in. He said football is his life, so, you know, expect him to be back in some capacity. But, you know, shout out to him for, you know, putting this, putting it down and helping putting the Saints back on the map. It was a long, it was a long uh, a lot of years of ineptitude before he came there in 2005. Drew Brees came there in 2006. And, you know, the rest is basically history, you know, for, for, for that team, for that area, for that, you know, especially during a time when, um, you know, they needed it most, you know, after Katrina happened and, and just all of the devastation that occurred down there, you know, him coming in and it just, you know, they needed the Saints really, really badly to uh, help uplift, uplift that community. Uh, and they did. Um, and for you know, the 15 years of his career, even though he only won, won Super Bowl, they were in the playoffs on a regular basis. They won the division a lot. They, you know, had a, a lot of, you know, great moments um, with him. So shout out to Sean Payton for that. And, you know, wish him well in the next, in the next run. Shout out to Ben Roethlisberger. You won't hear me say this very often, but shout out to Ben Roethlisberger for, you know, a long, illustrious 18-year career in the NFL. Not a lot of people get to say that. He's obviously going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, he's obviously going to be, you know, he's going to go down as one of the legends. And I actually heard a Pittsburgh fan um, on, a, on another podcast, I believe it's a CBS podcast, a Pittsburgh fan, you know, state outright that Ben Roethlisberger is the greatest Pittsburgh Steeler ever, period. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. How dare now, what, whether again, This person was born in the 70s, I assume. This person was born, yes, in the 70s. Okay, um, that makes sense. This person is a lifetime Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Okay. Um, and and his, I mean his, um, you know his his, his, no, his natural line to it was basically if you believe that that Ben Roethlisberger is the best quarterback in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which he does, then he must be the best player in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers because he plays the most important position in the in the NFL. Which again, again, say say what you will, but there are people that believe this, um, which which to me is just a testament to the type of career, excuse me, career on the field that Ben Roethlisberger had. So shout out to him for a great career. He's going to run off into the sunset. I don't expect we'll see very much of him uh, anymore. Maybe just on like Pittsburgh Steelers memorabilia, you know, documentaries and things like that, which I probably won't be watching. So Ooh. shout out to Ben. You're going to see him every time you go through Pittsburgh. You're going to see him I everywhere. I don't think they could do a documentary on him. 
I'm just saying. Well, I mean, I mean, like a documentary on the Super Bowl wins and Super Bowl champions, Steelers. And oh, like okay, that. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and yeah, that part you're gonna see. Yeah. Like so, you know, shout out to him. But uh, you know, great career, and uh, we'll see him in a few years when he gets inducted into uh, into into the Hall of Fame. They gotta wait uh, five years, right? Actually, I see. You, I, I think yeah, we're gonna see him on TV right yeah. next to Bill Cowell. I doubt it. I highly doubt nah, because they're on CBS, right? Who does Fox yeah. now? Fox can't add any more people. Maybe yeah, he'll end up on. Uh, he'll be on Google. No, he'll be on Amazon calling the games. Ben's, Ben's not really a Ben's not really a you know camera guy, so I don't know. That's true. We'll I have seen him recently. Yeah. We'll um, oh, I forgot um, one shout out. There's another college basketball one to Providence for leading the Big East for the first time in like 25 years. Shout out to y'all. Um, I live right near there, and they're finally 17 in the country, 17 and two, beating down Villanova, Connecticut, Marquette, running the Big East, which is the conference that I follow the most. Aside from my own, the Mac, again, Malik. No, um, I just had one one more shout out. Last but not least, shout out to artist Dan Medina. Um, you guys may not know who this person is, but he um, he is a artist that erected a four foot statue of Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna at the crash site uh, in in California yeah, um, on the two year anniversary of their passing. Um, he, apparently, the 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 statue is not a permanent fixture at the site, but he is hoping that the that the state will allow him to, you know, um, erect a much larger statue, um, you know, for, as a permanent as a permanent location. Look, you guys know how I, you know, Kobe Bryant. I was not a Kobe Bryant fan as a, you know, as a player. I mean, you know, I liked him, but it wasn't a huge fan of his. But you know, his story and you know what he, you know, what he represented, especially in his, in his passing, definitely hit me in a in a in a, in a different way. Um, as a man in my forties, with as a, as a father, um, and so you know, seeing this and seeing the tributes that have been you know set 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 up for him um, in this you know with this the second year of his passing, it almost didn't even hit me that it'd been two years. But when when the date rolled around and I, I saw it, I was like, wow, this is just this is I didn't even realize it at the time. Um, so again, shout out to him for you know putting that together and uh, allowing for you know Kobe fans to continue to you know. Um, you know, look to look to something and head head to that site. I do plan on if, if they do want to do a permanent statue, I do plan on going to that site and taking a picture of the statue um, and and recognizing and remembering uh, the moment. So, uh, shout out to him for for putting that together and uh, and hopefully you know you get an opportunity to put a bigger one up later. All right, that is it for us tonight, whoa, folks. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I'm sorry, Anthony has some more to say. Last I, minute. I uh, um, I know, I know, but we left with Malik on a good note there and everything like that. But I just realized something. Mm-hmm. You didn't even bring up nothing about your Bears, and you know you're signing the GM and your your you, you coach that nobody never heard of. You know, with the, we weren't, you know, we weren't, we weren't talking about coaches or GMs because oh, we, we weren't, say we weren't doing that. Something like that. We just gonna. I thought, I thought, I thought we were gonna save it for next week when they hire more coaches and more GMs. Okay. I am happy. I, I, I am happy that they signed a GM and finally a young one who may actually know a little bit more about putting a team together. But uh, I had never heard of Dan Eberflus. Um, I didn't know he had been in the NFL for the past like decade, working as a defense coordinator and a linebackers coach. As Snoop Dogg would um, say who? But, I, I, yes, I wish him well. Um, as a Bears fan, I, you know, I can't get too high or too low. Like I got real high with Mark Tressman. I was like, okay, this guy used to be an offense coordinator with the Saints. He went and won some titles in the Wanted to be a head coach so bad, he went up to Canada and won some uh, great cups. I was like, all right, if he coach those guys, he should be able to coach the NFL. And he came down, spent two years with the Bears, and it was probably the most two atrocious seasons I've ever seen. 
So I can't get too high or too low. But uh, yeah, they do have a GM who went to college with my wife. So I may be, you know, one or two people removed from knowing him. So that's kind of cool. Former offensive lineman. So he knows at least how to draft some offensive linemen, which the Bears desperately need. Well, you hope so we should be able to do that. No, no, we, I don't hope because he put together a pretty good team in Kansas City as their director of scouting for the past five, six seasons. He's been with no, them for no, 16 that was, years. That was he's been, according to, according to been with them, Andy He's been with according them for 16 to, years, so he had to have been the director of scouting because he broke the scouting reports that Andy Reid picked the players from. So no, no, I don't know what, according, I don't know what you heard. According so don't start media, that. everything connects to Andy Reid. So is Andy now, Reed that, I was that hoping that the Bears – I was hoping that the Bears were going to go with Jim Caldwell. I was hoping that the Bears would go with Eric Bieniemy because they might be better equipped to take advantage of the offensive talents of Justin Fields. And sadly, looking back on all the other Ohio State QBs that have come out, the most successful Ohio State quarterback in the NFL ever, guess who it is? Both of y'all. I know you, I know you won't know this. He also played for the Chicago Bears. Who's that? Guess, guess, Malik. Wait, what's the question again? Who's the most successful Ohio State quarterback in the NFL? Currently. No, ever. Ever? Yeah, ever. This is literally the history of Ohio State. This is how bad wait, their wait, quarterbacks wait, wait, wait. have been in the so, NFL. So, I'm sorry. So, the question is, who is the most successful Ohio State quarterback that's played in the NFL? And when you're saying, like, basically, basically successful in the NFL. Let's literally put like, since 1970, since the AFL-NFL merger. But what you're saying played, is that had to be successful in the NFL. He played at Ohio State. Yeah, like he played at Ohio State. Ohio that's the most accomplished. We're not talking about Terrell Pryor or okay. Troy, whatever. We're talking about who was great in the pros and was also good or played for Ohio State. Oh, Ohio State quarterback. Did he transfer to exactly. a better school? <laughs> he, <transferred laughs> a better school he did not. No, no, we're not talking about Joe Burrow. No. <laughs> who never played at Ohio State because he got beat up oh, by Justin Fields. You know, you want to know who it is? Who is it's it? Mike, it's Mike Tomzak. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. I know Mike Tomzak, so, too. I didn't, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. You wouldn't have thought of him. I didn't even know what yeah. school he went to. You told me he went to Southeast Louisiana. I don't know. He you could have went to the for all we know. He could have went to Tulsa. He could have went to CUNY. Yeah, he could have went to Brooklyn College for all I know. They had a football team? Who knew? But either way, um, yeah, so Ohio State don't produce great pro QBs. Just saying. Running backs, yeah. Quarterbacks, not so much. All right, so next week we're going to be getting into coaches, GMs, and all this other stuff. So yes. I guess there's going to be a time between, so we're going to have to have some type of extra stuff on there. Yeah, we're going to leave something to talk about for that. And, and follow us on – Prop bets and stuff. Follow us on um, Spotify if you haven't deleted your app. Follow us on Google, <laughs> Apple, uh, Podbean, and wherever else you find your podcasts. We are everywhere. Podcast Static, and we are out. Like Bill Pohl's knowledge of court football.